Did John have all the ground rules? What does that even mean? Well, <laughs> mostly you just can't ask when it's going to release. Just, that's, <laughs> that's off limits. Don't ask that. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by Hired.com. Every week on Hired, they run an auction where over a thousand tech companies in San Francisco, New York, and LA bid on JavaScript developers, providing them with salary and equity up front. The average JavaScript developer gets an average of five to 15 introductory offers and an average salary offer of $130,000 a year. Users can either accept an offer and go right into interviewing with the company or deny them without any continuing obligations. It's totally free for users, and when you're hired, they also give you a $1,000 bonus as a thank you for using them. But if you use the JavaScript Jabber link, you'll get a $2,000 bonus instead. Finally, if you're not looking for a job but know someone who is, you can refer them to Hired and get a $1,337 bonus if they accept a job. Go sign up at Hired.com slash Adventures in Angular. Does your team need to master AngularJS? Oasis Digital offers Angular Bootcamp, a three-day in-person workshop class for individuals or teams. Bring us to your site or send developers to ours, angularbootcamp.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Adventures in Angular show. This week on our panel, we have Joe Eames. Hey, everybody. John Papa. Hello. Lucas Rubelke. That's me. Ward Bell. Hello, hello. Jules Kramer. Hello, hello. I'm Charles Maxwood from devchat.tv. We have a few other special guests here. We have Brad Green. Hi. We also have Kara Erickson. Hello. Well, this week, uh, we're going to be talking about Angular 2. And in particular, um, maybe I should just ask the question that you dodge me on all the time. Do it. So uh, do we know when Angular 2 is going to come out? Come on, Jules. You're in charge of this thing. Angular 2 is going to be final right this second. Yay! Wait, wait, wait. We want to see you press the button. Press yeah. deploy. <laughs> Jules is pressing the button. I know you can't see her, but... John, this is pre-recorded. They can't do that. <laughs> Can we just take a moment? I, I'm actually... I need to compose myself. I'm, I'm weeping. It's been a long two years, and I'm, I'm pretty emotional right now, actually. Yeah, no, Lucas is going to need a minute. Yeah, my controllers are dead. My... He's envisioning uh, the headstones from that uh, yeah. keynote you don't, did, crumbling. Uh, Europe, yeah. We're going to bring those back. Bring well, those headstones uh, yeah. back. From that to here. Bring them back. No, you can't bring it back. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> so, this is awesome, though. This yeah. is great. I mean, it's we've all been waiting a while, and it's, it's going to be fantastic. It is going to be fantastic. So I'm going to ask, we did a show a few weeks ago and we talked about uh, the RC5 and RC6 releases. Uh, I'm curious, has much changed between RC6 and Final? No. Yeah, not, not too much. You know, the uh, ahead of time compile was the big thing that has come in recently okay. and are coming on top of. Um, we've been fixing bugs and really trying to make everything very nice for Final so that this is a really good experience for everybody. Yeah, so the team's been very focused in the last couple of weeks on just, as Mishko told me earlier today, cleaning up our bedroom like we hadn't cleaned it in two years. Um, so I don't think people realize, you know, that before you release a final of something, you do have to do that cleanup. And so we've been focused on that. You know, with RC6, we, we deprecated all the APIs to make sure nobody had problems with our final. But uh, that's pretty much the only changes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So if I may, because... Uh, 
I was kind of at NG Europe when you know we first started <laughs> to get a sense of what Angular Two was going to be, uh, you know, to now. So I've been on this crazy ride since day one. Is looking back on the last two years, knowing what we know now, what would have uh, what would have you done differently? Uh, we would have released it uh, a year ago. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a, right. another Can moment of silence while I compose myself. <laughs> now, were you joking, or were there a year's worth of, oh, we don't want to do that, we want to do this? Or? No, it was. I am joking. It really did take us that long to figure it all out. And, you know, when, when we started this project, it was kind of on a hope and a prayer that we would get to where we are today. And, you know, there was a lot of hope, but maybe not belief that we would end up being as fast as we think we could be and as small as we think we should be. And we are very pleased and thankful that we are where we are today. So did the scope creep, was that like huge in Angular 2? It's not so much scope creep as, you know, the... We, we run different st different projects here on the Angular team. There's things like the Angular Material Project and, and other bits that have features. And because Material is a spec, it's nice that we you know, there's no scope creep on it exactly. I mean, there's little things we like to do, but it, it's very predictable. We know about how long it takes to make a feature, and we can estimate it, and we can be really good about knowing when it can come out. Framework has a whole bunch of layers that are super tightly coupled. And as we're trying to get particular emergent effects out of it, like we want to make it you know, compilable so it can be small, or we want to improve the speed, or we want to change some API surface area. It affects everything else in the ecosystem. So, so you know, where, whereas a feature is very isolated, we like all of the changes that we made here, getting to where we are, it ended up being this, this weird teeter-totter ride where, you know, it was felt much more like you know, like research of some sort rather than steady progress toward a goal. Does that mean that um, you had a lot of stuff that you ended up discovering that if you had known earlier on would have really cut a lot of corners? Yes. And saved a lot of time? Absolutely. It, you know, if we could have, like, everything's easy once you know how to do it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> it was a process of discovery. Is, it, is there an interesting example of something like that? So the, the compiler that we created required that we have a you know, different bootstrapping mechanism and different way we organize the packages. And that took us a long time to figure out exactly how that should go, like to make it ergonomic for people and to make everything work with um, you know, ES6 modules. And th there were tons of details. I don't know, Kara, if you've got some other examples to think about. Um, for things that have change that way through discovery. I think just getting the feedback of the community has been a really positive thing. That's true, yeah. You know, there was this thing like the new, new router, so it only took us three shots to figure that one out. <laughs> I thought there were more news in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait till 2.1. There's going to be even a newer one. Yeah, in fact, uh, I was going to I was gonna ask you about that. This is 2.0.0.0, 2 right? And, yes, uh so by the time this gets released, we'll be at 2.0.0.2. Um, are you going to, I mean, are we looking at uh, this kind of being an ongoing evergreen thing? So it's just going to be Angular going forward, or are you going to version it? Um, and what kind of versioning scheme are you looking at going forward from here? 
Yeah, everyone's looking at me for some reason. Um, <laughs> so, so we actually want to move to, to semantic versioning. So, Semver, where the, you know the next. Oh, applause in the audience. Good. Yeah. I, I hope it goes well for everyone. It, you know, we, we want to have more predictability and longer cycles between big breaking changes. So, you know, the, the next one is we're thinking about the next in about six months from now, where we will have many, many releases that improve various things and add features, APIs, etc. But for you know, major events where you have to worry about the upgrade and and changing your code in response, it, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that those happen at a very regular, predictable rate, and we think every six months is a nice a nice separation. Gotcha. You I, know, React I Native releases great. every two weeks. You should think about that. Okay. So <laughs> I, I think you know we're gonna have releases on you know a very regular schedule, but we just don't want to break your code. Yeah. No, I understand. So if I'm hearing you right, Brad, then what it sounds more like, you know, you'll use the, if you're using Semver, then the patches will be more regular, maybe weekly, every other week or something kind of releases for little things, but they won't break any APIs in any way. And then occasionally we'll have a new feature that also won't break APIs. Uh, but then the ones that might be a little more disruptive would be uh, much more longer term. Angular That's exactly three? right. And it's not just you know developers, but it's the whole ecosystem. People who write books, who write develop training courses, who do blogs. You know, we, we want we want some longevity in the code that you write and make sure all of that can can go well for everybody who's trying to learn from it. So I know a lot of people Silence. have for me to cry. Sorry, content creators, Brad. I could hug you for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> so much right now. So a lot of folks have been, uh, and I know you guys must hear it twenty times or a hundred times more than we do, uh, have had concerns lately about how much flux there's been in the RCs, especially like with uh, RC5, right? Because uh, yeah. ng modules and AOT came out, and that was a pretty big change. And people are like, hey, you know, RCs, you're not supposed to be making this many changes. But the other side to look at that is, it was a pretty huge and important change. And if you didn't make it during RC, you would have just broke your thing you just promised. <laughs> so, yeah. You know. Well, yes. And so for folks who are, were living on the RCs going from one to another, it, it's been painful for sure. And that's, that, that's the point of the RCs, though, that, that you know, we thought we had some things figured out and we, we just kind of had not gotten them figured out. The API surface area was wrong. But we wanted to ensure that it did happen before final. And that's what we did. I think the team is really focused on making sure that the, the Angular core itself was really solid because our expectation now is that there'll be numerous enterprises and people in our ecosystem and partners who will build their own stuff on top of that really solid core, right? And and, and that includes stuff that we might build uh, on top of it as well. So sure, like tooling, Ionic, um, you know, maybe even Angular Material, Bootstrap type things. You can also have uh, a lot of just like the Firebase APIs and things like that even. There's so many things that you can build on top of Angular that if you don't have that solid core, it becomes a problem. So I know I'm going to be really glad to see this stuff uh, stabilize. Yeah. I, yeah. Do, I do have to ask, though. I mean, we mentioned RC5 and the big changes there. Um, some of them were breaking changes. So if you have breaking changes in the future, Semver dictates that you update the major version number. So are That's we right. going to see Angular 3, Angular 4, Angular 5, and it's just yeah. not going to be this long a wait? There will be an Angular 3. It's not a joke. It's actually a thing. It's coming sometime <laughs> early next year. No, wait a minute. You said there would never be an Angular 3. 
I, I think I did say that at like uh, Angular U. But you know what I meant. Let, let me uh, rewrite my words. <laughs> ah, what I meant was that you know we wouldn't be going through this big rewrite, upheave the world, change the continents on the globe sort of process. Yeah, I mean, you really Angular two the way it's today. This is just my personal view. Not so. Correct me if you guys feel differently, but I look at Angular two as it's a rewrite. It's a new product. It's almost a new thing entirely. But if you go back to Semver now, moving forward, then an Angular three, four, five isn't a new thing. It's just a progressive enhancement from where you are now. So it's less of a change. That's, that's exactly right. That's right. Like, okay. and, you know, we talked about this at ng-comp, but you know, one of the things we're also working on is you know, if you're using TypeScript, we're building tooling to help with the upgrade process. And we've actually already started seeing benefits of what the tooling we currently have inside when we upgrade Google, all the projects at Google on Angular 2. So we're hoping we can roll out some of this to make the, the breaking changes that we do have you know, less painful for everyone. And that might be interesting for listeners too, right? We we have numerous customers inside of Google already on Angular 2 that we can talk about, right? So Google Fiber is on Angular 2, AdWords is on Angular 2, our internal CRM system called Green Tea is on Angular 2. We also already know numerous enterprise customers that are moving towards Angular 2, some of which we've already talked about publicly that, you know, I can state here like Lucid Charts and uh, Capital One and the Weather Channel and NPR. Um, so we've already seen a lot of people who are embracing it, and then that will help us as we decide what, what goes in Angular 3, right? So as we start to see actual usage in, increase, and we'll get more use cases back, and it'll help us figure out what features to build next. So a question I have is, what what can we expect in 2.1? So what kind of sugar slash features have been deprioritized for basically a solid you know 2.0 release? We're setting these aside. We are cleaning the room, as as you say. Um, you know what kind of what kind of things can we expect in like two dot one? Of course, yeah. you ask this, and I'm still popping the bubble wrap on two dot Yeah, I know, man. I'm I'm anxious to get my hands yeah, on the release. Really. Yeah. <laughs> I'm greedy. I'm totally greedy. So we we've already started work on uh, reducing the size even further and making Angular two faster in a bunch of scenarios that we we've found some areas where we can improve. And, you know, one of the, one of the things Kara's been working on is, is, and this is done, but a rewrite of forms where she, and you can talk more about this, Kara, but she actually looked end-to-end at all of the issues and things we would want from it in this, you know, very core part of Angular and holistically improved that, that area end-to-end. Um, and I think we want to do this in some other areas. And maybe just, if people aren't aware, Kara, maybe talk about what you've done for the final release. So forms, we've tried to simplify the API surface a bit and make it a little bit more intuitive for people starting out with Angular 2. We've added some long-requested features like resetting forms, something that people have been asking for for a while, um, being able to bind to validator directives, just little things that hadn't worked previously that people, I think, expected um, to work when they were first starting out. Um, but generally speaking, we just tried to make it um, something that just matched expectation a little bit better from the beginning. Yeah, so so I think you know, we're going to be looking at feature areas to make sure that they hang together well, mm-hmm. that they they are have APIs that are expected and obvious, and that everything has good error messages, and it right. just feels, feels nice. And, and 
Go ahead, Jewel. And something else we are looking at uh, for post-final release, and I don't know if it'll be 2.1 or when, but we expect that as we release final and more Angular 1 customers start to move to Angular 2, that we'll, ha we'll start to hear a little bit more about ng-upgrade, which I hope most of your listeners understand allows you to upgrade Angular 1 to Angular 2 and, and have those uh, components working together. Um, but we expect we'll hear a little bit more about that, and then we can figure out what we need to do to improve ng-upgrade to make it even better. So that brings up an interesting question. Now that we've really got it and it's out, um, how would you position Angular 2 in, in the field, in the, in, in the uh, domain of, of uh, JavaScript application frameworks, uh, both, for example, with respect to Angular and also with other players in the field? Or do you even think about other players in the field? I definitely think we think about other players in the field, but here's the thing that happens. Like once a week, I get asked to do some competitive breakdown of, of Angular versus whatever, Vue, React, Backbone, Ember, whatever other framework is the, the slice of choice for the week. And I don't think we look at it like that. We, we look at those teams as having great things to add to the JavaScript world and things we can learn from them and things that we can share with them. And there's a place for all of us. And so I think if you ask me how I position Angular in the greater JavaScript world, I definitely position Angular as something that can be useful for any type of company, right? A startup, a little a little startup just getting started before their seed funding and want something fast and easy to get their app out all the way to, you know, some of our big, huge enterprises who have thousands and thousands of lines of code and have written their own libraries and frameworks and architecture and best practices around it. So I, I personally think that Angular 2 is a jack of all trades in that regard. Um, and I think we can play nicely with the other people in the JavaScript world uh, if you want it to. I'm curious a little bit about some of the other parts of the Angular ecosystem that are out there. So you talked about Angular Material. Um, you know, there's uh, Angular Fire or whatever it's called. Um, there are some of the other things. I'm trying to think of what they all are. Um, but uh, what's the testing one? I keep forgetting the name of that. Protractor. So are, are, are all of those part of this release too? Are they all up on Angular 2 as part of the process of doing this? That's right. We wanted to make sure that the, the entire ecosystem held together. So yeah, I think we have version of material that works with Angular 2, the CLI, uh, Karma Protractor, all, all of the bits. There's some experimental things that we, we still need to work through. Um, you know, running inside a web worker is one of those things. We're, we're going to pay more attention to that also after final. But all of the mainstream bits that you've ever heard us talk about are ready alongside this Angular 2 final release. Brad, help me understand something. For for people wanting to use Angular 2, and then if you're going to make you know continual upgrades, uh, not upgrades, uh, updates, like patches, for example, will the docs be available the day of those patch releases? Or uh, really I'm trying to get to is, how do people learn about the new features and get up and running with those as you guys continue to progress forward? Is the docs a place to go, or are they going to be behind it, or how's that going to work? Yeah, so, uh, and, and Ward can comment on this too, but the, the intention is that all of the docs, you know, for all of our releases are always up in sync, up to date. We actually run all of the tests or a bunch of the tests from the docs to validate our releases to make sure that everything, everything you see in an example can work with the latest release, which is good. And then, the, but the place you go to learn about the new features, of course, is going to be just the release notes uh, on GitHub for our release. So if somebody wants to pull down the new bits of Angular 2, um, version 2.01, for example, whenever that comes out, 
and they see some new feature in there they want to look at or whatever, uh, they would be able to go to the docs and that would be updated with that new thing. It's not going to be outdated then, right? That's right. Awesome. So I have another question and um, I've kind of been, or I think as we've talked to you all throughout this process, um, we've asked this over and over again, but why did it take so long? Why does anything take? You know, I, I, I drove to Tahoe with my kids this weekend. That's and why. they were asking me the same question. Why, Dad, why is Tahoe so far from San Francisco? Why, why would they put it over there? And I didn't have a good answer. Uh, and, <laughs> and it's because, it, you know, we get there when we get there. Uh, <laughs> and just so we're clear, Brad's had a lot of children for the last two years asking, are we there yet? Yeah. <laughs> are we there yet? <laughs> Some of them are us. But, yeah. but yeah, it, it was just, it felt like, I think when you first announced Angular 2, it felt like, okay, so in six months, maybe a year, we'll have Angular 2. And then it felt like it was longer and longer and longer. And it was longer. what was You're that? Right. It was longer. You're totally right. <laughs> well, in retrospect, it to took be... exactly as long as it did. But yeah, it, it, it just seemed like. You know, it was like, oh, well, now we're going to add this in, or we've figured out that we need to do this. And yeah, anyway, it, I, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited it's out, but yeah, it just felt like it took a long, long time to come around. Well, I think the timing is never perfect, right? So I'm look, trying to look at this stepping back, and it's hard for all of us because we're so involved with where we are. But if we look at where we are now with Angular 2, we should first objectively look is what we've waited for a good product? Are we happy with what we have right now? Is this thing really, really good? If that's the case, then you know this is all well worth it. And if we also look back at all the changes that have happened, like I was actually going through some code that I wrote, and Ward will understand this because I was asking him for notes. I had some code I wrote maybe seven months ago, and it wasn't working. I was trying to upgrade it. Um, things have really evolved quite a bit, and there were a lot of steps along the way. What really triggered in my head is recently Apple just had a release press conference thing for their iPhone. And I think iPhone 7 or whatever it's up to. And when they did that, they never really release anything about what they're going to do. So they have a product. They don't tell anybody in the world what's coming. You just have to guess. And you get all these strange sites saying, hey, it's going to be blue. It's pink. It's circular. It's curved. It's, what is it? You know, it's got retinal scanned or whatever. And then you don't just get it on that day and you get what you get. With Angular 2, they went the other route because people complain about Apple. And then with Angular 2, you go the other route. They're like, hey, let's open up the cupboard and we're going to show you everything we're doing. And everybody initially is like, this is awesome. And then everyone's like, wait a minute, why'd you do that? Wait, why'd you do this? Hold on, let's change this. Let's change that. Oh my gosh, it's taking so long. Why did they do that PR? Oh, this issue, I don't like this. So I think, you know, no matter what you do, you can't win when you look at those kind of things. You can either be too secretive and nobody thinks you're being open, and then you're an open source. Or you can say, hey, look, we're open source, and here's what's going on, and then people just pick you apart to death. So I think, and I wonder from your guys' standpoints, the question is, how do you put on your thick skin, and how do you guys deal with all the questions that you get on a daily basis? I'm going to answer this the way that Brad asked me a question last week when we were having a one-on-one, -on -one and I told him I was worried about, I don't even know what it was I was worried about. And Brad said, why are you listening to one person? And, you know, even though in what you're saying, it's not true that it's one person because it's multiple people over a period of time, it's still the same sentiment, right? And I, I think for me, at least, having been new to Angular in the last year, 
and having written code on platforms that were more proprietary where I would spend three years waiting for the next iteration and wondering what was going to be in it. And then all of a sudden having this huge learning curve, you know, overnight handed to me on a plate and then trying to figure out how I'm going to get this code base that I've written over years upgraded to this platform that I just found out had all these changes. The open source way is really way easier because you can keep up with it as it's going. But you're right that there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen when you do it this way. And we've had a lot of feedback and some engineers have, you know, struggled with seeing their, their work, which is like, you know, their baby torn apart in public. And I think that that's something that this team, um, being a really close knit team who cares about each other and comes into work and talks about it has really helped each, at least I've seen, helped each engineer get through that sort of online torment, right? Um, but I personally would never want to see Angular go back to the way I used to experience platforms because I think it's easier to keep up with something that's changing if you can see the changes than to be handed it on a plate after a few years of work. Let me try a different question. Today is a watershed day. Uh, I used to work with a lot of Fortune 50, Fortune 500 companies, and and any, nobody could come in and say, I want to use software X unless it was released. Well, today it's released. So, so if the, the, the developer walks in there and says, hey, boss, it's released, what does that boss now need to know about Angular 2? What's, what are the three top things they should know about Angular 2 and why it might fit into his or her portfolio? I think if I was answering the question on the top three things, the first one I would say is that Angular 2 works for their entire team, right? And that's not true of all frameworks or languages in the planet. So. Um, you can use it for everyone on your team, from your designers to your developers to your testers, which normal enterprises have. And we've made sure to have developer productivity features and enhancements or whatever you want to call them for all of those roles. And the second I'd say to an enterprise business decision maker is that Angular works for all your scenarios as well, which is essentially that, uh, <laughs> that it works for mobile web, it works for the desktop, it works in the browser, and so you can use one framework for all of your needs. And the third one is really about the user on the other end of the apps, right? So most business decision makers care less about the developers and more about the fact that whatever the developers are building is really useful to the end users. And so features that have been put into Angular like AOT to make sure that it's super fast and super performant are what's going to keep users coming back to that application versus leaving. Um, and so I think that's really important. Kara, you have anything to add? think you said it all. <laughs> so I want to talk about AOT and bundling and things like that because this was a big problem with a lot of customers I worked with. With Angular 1, we had spent weeks or months trying to figure out how do we bundle, how do we um, get the build process, the DevOps together? How do we make this so that we can lazy load modules on the fly? And then how do we make sure we, we you know, tree shake is the term we're using these days where we get rid of dead code that we're not really using and uh, effectively optimize the whole package to the other end? And from what I'm seeing, the CLI and AOT and lazy loading, that's all going to take care of that out of the box with Angular 2. Is, can you guys talk about some of those features? Uh, you asked earlier why it, why did it take so long. Getting all of these features to work in all of these different modes was a big part of it because we did want to make it small and fast and optimized, tree shaken, all those good things. Um, and with when you use the CLI, this is your default path. You just get those effects out of the box. And it's certainly possible when, when you're not using the CLI, and you know we have got nice documentation examples on how to do it. 
Um, so yeah, so so getting all those pieces right to make sure that like the, like all those things you had to try to figure out in Angular One that never really did quite work right, like lazy loading. You, know, you, you just had to do a ton of manual work to make it work. Um, have all been thought through and are things you get to take advantage of right away in Angular Two. It's awesome. So in Angular One, you guys had these amazingly interesting release names, like unicorns and other kinds of myst mythical creatures. What is Angular Two going to do? You know, that's we we, we named them after superpowers. Yes. Uh, some of them might not seem like superpowers, but they really are. Uh, <laughs> cheesification is, is definitely some kind of superpower. Cheesification, absolutely. Yes, uh, yeah. Rhino cheesification. I think that was a release what? name. I had so when I first started, I actually made a whole list of the release names that we came up with for Angular One, and there are some good ones in there if you've never looked at them. But we are going to revisit the the challenge of coming up with a release name for Angular Two, and so with that said, I'm going to allow Kara to tell you what Angular. She's going to try to pronounce it for release us. name is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Angular Two Finals release name is Proprioception Reinforcement. Yes. Nice. Say that again. Wow. Wait. Say that again. <laughs> Proprioception reinforcement. Are those both English words? <laughs> <laughs> they are both English words, and I'll give you a little hint. Spider-Man has really good proprioception. And, no? and we're reinforcing it with Angular two. That's so right. So if you use some Angular two, uh, it's even better. So basically, proprioception means this: this little place in your brain that gives certain people the ability to be really comfortable with their body in different spatial aptitudes, like being upside down or trapeze artists have really good proprioception. And so proprioception reinforcement's really gonna help you uh, be Spider-Man. You're gonna be <laughs> I, I admit, I had to look it up. Very except uh, when you go to write your apps. Now usually we have, uh, there's irony in our in our names, like, you know, Granite exsanguination would be an example, but uh, <laughs> granite exsanguination, I like it. We, we'll we'll get back to irony later. I'm pretty sure. So, is there a strong correlation between tightrope walkers and Angular two developers? Uh, I, I think I think so, um, and that is something we have left to the audience to discover. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go out and try tightrope walking now. Maybe you're all good at it with Angular 2's release. Yeah, I should just try it on like the big top right from the start. No net. I want you, you to type those words into line between two trees and go for it. <laughs> I want you to type those two words into the chat channel so that I can make the Mac say it. Because my iPhone is notoriously terrible at pronouncing words. Got it. So I have to switch gears a little because I, I saw a great tweet by a friend of mine, uh, Rick Strahl, just uh, a couple days ago. And he's a Rick is a uh, advanced developer. Uh, he's been in the Microsoft space for a while and done a lot of web programming as well. Knows Angular one very well, and he tweeted this, which I thought has been interesting because he's been on a journey to learn Angular two. The first one is moving to Angular two is a schlag. So much to learn, but once I picked it up, the core concepts it's an easier to build new stuff. And then the second thing he posted was what I like most about Angular two versus one is how much cruft goes away. Needless directives, formatting, and binding hacks are all gone in digest loops too. So I think it's I think that's right. I think I agree with him. It is it is a bit of effort to get to Angular two from Angular one because you're changing your mindset. But it seems like not putting words in Rick's mouth. The way I interpreted that was it feels like all the things that were complicated before kind of went away, 
and it's a lot easier now. It's a lot cleaner, a lot smoother. Uh, and I, that's also mirrors my experience too, is there's some things I've had a hard time grokking in Angular 2 because I had Angular 1 experience. But once I got those, I looked at my code and I'm like, this is so much easier than it was before. And uh, I don't know if I always felt that way along the journey. There were points along with Angular 2 where I was like, you know what, this isn't easier. But I think we've, I think we've gotten there at this point. Oh, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. I mean, that was our that was our big intention because you know Angular One grew basically organically, and there were just issues that we could not solve in the architecture. And so then we when we had a chance of this clean slate, we really took it as our mission to make everything like everything should work nicely. That that was definitely one of the big goals for the project. And I hope most people had that kind of experience, the end side that Rick is talking about. People who are going along the betas and RCs, obviously it was more change. Mm -hmm. But if you're jumping into Angular 2 now, I think it's a much smoother experience to get there for people. Yeah, and I think what you said is also true. It is If you've learned Angular 1, you have to kind of unlearn some things. But if you've never learned Angular before, you might have an easier time learning Angular 2 than you would have had learning Angular 1. We, we've actually had guests on the show say that exact statement. Ones who, like my friend Shane Boyer, who was on the show a couple months ago, he'd never really done Angular 1 other than just seeing it. And he went into Angular 2, and he was amazed how quickly he picked it up. And then I have other friends and colleagues who talked to who knew Angular 1 going into it, and they definitely had to unlearn things as they went through it. So I think you're right there. Well, even more interesting, or equally interesting, is you know, talking about the Angular transition from 1 to 2, but being in the trenches, I've had a lot of experience of you know, going to Angular 2, having to come back to 1, and how that's affected how I write Angular 1. And so with that said, is I'm actually more of a fan of Angular 1 now that I've started learning Angular 2 and I've started to apply those patterns. And so I think even a lot of the misconceptions or opinions that people have about Angular 1 you know, comes from the old way of, of writing Angular 1. But when you take your Angular 2 patterns... And you know, really, with unidirectional data flow, you know, stateless components, um, you know, component-driven architecture, Angular One becomes really, really nice and much easier to reason with. And so, you know, one to two is really interesting, but also going back to one from two, there's a lot of, of patterns that you can take that if you don't have an opportunity, uh, you know, or you can't jump right into Angular Two. We'll start applying the patterns right away, and it makes that transition uh, really, really nice. And the, the big effect is that you'll have a, a better Angular 1 app, but when you're ready to, tran to transition, it's, it's much easier um, to do that. Which leads me into uh, my next question, is what are the plans for, for Angular 1 um, in light of, of Angular 2? Is this going to be like a Python 2 and 3, where um, you know, they just kind of exist, or are you plans to maybe backport some more stuff in Angular 1 as it becomes available and makes sense, or will it just eventually become one thing? So, oh, great question. And you know, our, our goal is to support people where they are. And the thing I've said at a bunch of different times is that you know, we would support Angular 1 until the, vast, until the majority of folks have moved to Angular 2, which has not happened yet. And so it's it's really in our interest to get everyone moving to Angular 2 as as you can. Some apps you know, you may never migrate to Angular 2; they work just fine in Angular 1 because we have continued to upgrade Angular 1. And it, it, you know if you're using the like 1.5 and beyond, 
we've actually been doing a lot of work to make APIs similar. So, you know, in, in, in terms of, you know, creating components, you know, there's a new component style, you know, interface over the directive bits so that you can create your, your widgets in much the same way as you do in Angular 2, which will, you know, help the bridge. And, and then, yes, we will certainly look for other things that we might want to backport or APIs we might want to make match up to Angular 2 in Angular 1. If, if those are things that would help people bridge over easier, if they do want to port and, hey, it's going to be a long time, and, hey, Angular team, it, if it would be really nice if these things looked more similar or exactly the same, um, we will certainly look at those. So are there any uh, switching gears on kind of how you're going to get the word out there? I imagine being in charge of developer relations, Jules, you guys have a whole plan for how you're going to spread the, spread the good word and the gospel of Angular 2? This is it. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, man. Everybody who counts listen to, listens to us. Five yeah, million. I thought I didn't have to do anything else but put Brad and Kara in a room, and we're done. That's it. No, actually, I am trying to make it a little bit fun. And so this episode is airing, uh, probably coinciding with the event that we're all at while you're airing this. So at the meetup on 914, which just happens to be my birthday. And no, I did not convince the team to release it on my birthday. <laughs> Although I kind of thought it was cool. That sounds suspicious to me. I'm I'm skeptical, Jules. <laughs> it's, it's forever known as the Jules release. There you go. That's what should have been the release name. If anybody could have convinced them to release it on their birthday, it really it would be Jules. <laughs> So we are at the meetup, probably while this is being aired, and we are announcing it hopefully via a live stream, and we're hopeful that people will come onto Twitter and ask the team questions. So most of the team will be at the meetup, and we will be taking questions and actually having a little bit of a party with some fun little uh, swag if you happen to be able to be in the room. I like how they're uh, reinforcing your proprioception. Did I say that right? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and to be clear, I'm also do we'll do blog post uh, and we also have PR, right? So we're talking to reporters and, and I'll do all of the regular things that we're supposed to do. But our assumption is then our experience has been that most people find out about what we're doing in Angular from Twitter. And so we will primarily keep it to Twitter, our blog, and you lovely people. No Snapchat? <laughs> you know, I Snapchat, my daughter sends me stuff on that thing. And I'm telling you what, they are not stupid because kids are leaving Instagram in droves because the parents are there. Same way that they left Facebook. But parents cannot figure out Snapchat. I just don't get it. I have a teenager so, that lives here that's not my daughter. So I, she's offered to show me. That's probably why. It's because I'm not her parent. Oh, no, my daughter has shown me, and she tries to get me to do it, but it's so <laughs> counterintuitive to me as an adult that I just I don't understand it, why people use it. So uh, I have a specific question. You mentioned a little bit already talking about NG Upgrade, right? Yes. And I've been, like, eyeballs deep in NG Upgrade for a long time. So is there any specific def- definite plans in store for ng upgrade in the future here or is it you talked about maybe like seeing what we could do to improve is there anything specifically you have your eye on or is it just more now hey we're going to turn our attention maybe a little bit over here i think i think it's a little bit of both right so i think we know a couple of things already for example uh, we've got some customers already using ng upgrade so we've already got some feedback we know for example that the current router doesn't allow you to route back to angular one components so if you're using ng upgrade you can't upgrade to the router so we've already talked to mishko about how can we fix that or what can we do to solve that problem um, and there's some other very specific examples like that 
But in general, I think our hope is that uh, after the final release, we'll get a little bit more feedback and figure out if there's more full featured. That didn't even. That's not even a great sentence. Full featured features, <laughs> full featured features that we need to add into into it to make it better. But yes, it's definitely on the agenda for post-final. Yes, we have some specific things we feel like we need to do right away. And yes, we'd love to hear if you think there's more. I have to say that one of the, the pleasures of the last year has been finding so many uh, people who have never experienced Angular 1 or any JavaScript framework. They're, they're still locked in their old, old modalities, maybe an MVC framework or, or delivering something, even in some old technology like Silverlight, who are now ready to uh, bring their applications to the web. And th there's there's this whole world. We're, we're so trapped kind of in the Angular 1 because that's the world we've lived in, but there's so many people who are just getting ready to hit the web. And I think Angular 2 uh, is the way to encounter the web for the first time if you're building applications. That's my pitch. That's where I want to spend my time. And in the Angular 1 people can just come along. <laughs> It's, yeah, it's actually interesting, Ward. Uh, you you and I share a similar background from our previous lives. And uh, this morning, I had a very lengthy conversation with a customer on SharePoint 2010. And I was talking about Angular 2, and they interrupted me and asked, well, isn't a web component a web part? And I was like, yes, yes. It's just that the JavaScript world had to come up with another name for it. Same difference. And then I came in and asked Mishko, and he was like, yes, yes, same same thing, same difference. And uh, we talked a little bit about how that world is, uh, is really embracing the cloud now and as they embrace the, the I know no one can see my little hand quotes but as they embrace the cloud how looking at Angular 2 is a natural uh, sort of progression for them to get their their line of business apps in particular um, into the web and I think that what what they have yet to, to really enjoy but they will discover is how quickly you can build an Angular 2 app that does everything and more that you were doing in those old older technologies. That it's actually inexpensive to make that move and suddenly a world opens up to you. And that's one of the things that I find really exciting about Angular 2 because I think it makes that possible now in a way that um, it's been way too hard. It was, it was too hard in Angular 1 and Angular 1 was a great start. But I like Scriptaculous. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've come a long way. We, we, if you think about Angular 1, one of the things that made it cool and also I think was also a problem simultaneously is that it, Ward, you've used the term script kitties a long time ago, and I really like that. You know, if you were a script kitty, you could just jump into Angular 1 or any of the frameworks uh, back in the day and kind of just run with it. Mm -hmm. But while that made it easy to kind of get moving with where you could just open up a script tag and write code – it made it harder to maintain and stabilize. And it's also one of the big knocks enterprises would have on uh, things like Angular 1 or, or Backbone or any of those kind of things back then. If you could write that code and you couldn't really test it, you couldn't be sure how it was going to perform under duress or in production, uh, that was a problem. And in Angular 2, by using things like TypeScript and just the way that things are put together, uh, for example, uh, there is less string magic in Angular 2, which means it's a lot easier to make sure you have things um, working correctly for dependency injection or constructor injection. Uh, all that kind of stuff is there now. And while it brings an additional level of complexity to somebody who's building an app, uh, like I do believe it does, I think it also makes it much more stable for enterprises. Um, and if I could kind of sum that up, I think Angular 2 is more built for businesses and enterprises than Angular 1 was. Yeah, I don't know if it's a good thing, but I'd say you can start programming like an adult. <laughs> <laughs> nice 
All right. Well, um, I asked in the chat if we wanted to do picks or just keep talking until Kara, Brad, and Jules got kicked out of the room. Um, and I got the response back, picks. So we're going to go ahead and do some picks. Um, I do know that uh, you all have a hard stop in about five minutes. So I'll let you do picks first. I only, I only have one pick, and I can probably speak for Brad and Kara, although they might have some cool things in their personal nah, lives. Go for it. <laughs> but the only pick I have is proprioception reinforcement, of course. Of course. <laughs> Of course, of course. All right. Well, let's go around the, the room real quick. Oh. Kara's never done a pick, so we should let Kara do a pick. Kara, share with us. What is the most awesome thing in your life? Anything I love in life. Um, well, I've been watching a lot of Stranger Things, but I doubt that's a new thing. For no, anybody it's on totally this awesome. And I just binge watched it all weekend. Oh, watched really? the Are whole you done? season. Yeah. We should talk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The... The Podverser. Stranger Podverser. Things equals core team. Nice, Lucas. Brad, you got any picks? Uh, I just read a really nice sci-fi book. Uh, it was originally in Chinese. Uh, got translated to English. It's called The Three-Body Problem. I thought it was super. Nice. What is it called? We have to write it in that thing. Three-Body Problem. Awesome. There you go. There's the Angular team picks. Very cool. Ward, do you have some picks? I'm going to pick uh, Hamilton, uh, which I just saw, and I, I'm simply amazed. I think it it's transforms uh, musical theater, uh, which I actually like anyway. Uh, it seems weird, but yeah. Uh, this is something you got to see. It, the, all the hype, um, and I was skeptical. Um, put it aside. Uh, it's worth every minute. All right, Joe, what are your picks? Um. So since Brad picked a sci-fi book, I'm going to pick one too. I've been recently reading a book called Starship's Mage, sort of a little bit of a blending of magic and sci-fi type of a book, more sci-fi and a little bit of magic, and it's been really awesome. Enjoyed it. Very well-written, interesting plot. So I highly recommend that. That's my pick for today. All right, John, what are your picks? I've got two here. One on the technical side is recently I jumped back into a project where we got to use Gulp again, and it was uh, something I haven't done in a while. I love Gulp, but where I happen to be working on the project, I've been using Grunt for a while, and boy, did I miss it. so much easier to work with the build process using Gulp. Uh, so that's my technical pick. And then uh, on the other side, there's a movie I want to take Ward to see. It's coming out this fall, and I know he's really excited to see it. Uh, it's about a, a woman and a man, and they go on a mission together, and <laughs> you know, it's, it's really, really great. It's got a lot of drama in it, and uh, it's called Rogue rap? One. Oh, it's, yes. Uh, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to pick Rogue One from Star Wars series, and we're, gonna, we're all going to take Ward to go see it, because uh, he's, he's just got to. So that's You're my killing opinion. me. You're killing me, John. <laughs> Lucas, what are you I picks? totally want to go. <laughs> so I have a couple quick uh, picks. Uh, first and foremost, um, big shout-out to... Not, not only the Angular core team, but the Angular community in general. I actually spend most of my day um, talking to people about Angular, and I realize that a lot of my friends uh, come from, you know, we are connected because of Angular. And um, you know, I, I have to say that everyone here would say that, you know, Angular has affected their life in a profound way. So, um, you know, really thank you for that. Angular Connect is coming, you know, in a couple of weeks, and I get to fly to London and hang out with my best buds. Uh, because of Angular. Uh, so uh, that's a, a big pick. I'm really excited about the release. And uh, 
two other picks real quick. Um, if you go to Egghead.io, the, there's some amazing icon work being done uh, by a young lady named uh, Maggie Appleton. And I just I love her work. Uh, she hand draws everything and then puts it into Illustrator. Phenomenal. And then one last pick is I just bought a uh, like a planner book called Get to Workbook, and uh, really cool, uh, just a neat way to um, apply, uh, you know, kind of a you know getting things done style uh, thing to to your day. So really cool. And also I'm going to mention that Dan Willeen and John Papa are doing a two-day Ultimate Angular 2 class in Florida. And if you're in a five-state region, it's worth flying out. Um, phenomenal. Uh, two of the best teachers uh, in the business, if you ask me. And so if there's any way you could go or convince your employer to uh, to spring for a ticket, do it. It's worth the investment. Take your oh, family, thanks, send them to the beach, and go to the class. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe Charles will come and he can watch your kids while you go to class. Uh, I got plenty of my own. <laughs> All right, so I've got a couple of picks. This is coming out on the 14th, which is also the first day of Angular Remote Conf. So if you are interested in three days of Angular awesomeness uh, from awesome speakers like Lucas here um, and several other people that you've probably heard on the show, then uh, go check it out, angularremoteconf.com. Uh, we are recording. You'll get recordings of the shows. So if you buy a ticket, it'll just drop you right in and you can start watching. Um, and then finally, I've just been holding this in the whole time. And I, I, I don't know, my kids are going to come running as soon as I start screaming that angular twos out. Woo! Okay. <laughs> I just had to get it out of my system, but nice. I, I'm excited. It's, it's and awesome. It rocks! Sorry. So yeah, go check it out. Download it. Uh, do your thing there. Um, NPM one install angular now. Yep. One other thing I quickly want to mention is I am putting together 10 webinars. Um, I have a lot of people asking me, how do I get a job as a software developer? So I'm putting together 10 webinars over the course of the rest of the year. And the first webinar is also on the 14th, the day that this comes out. So um, if you want to check that out, uh, just go to devchat.tv slash webinars and hit it. And that's awesome. it. Guys, thank you for being part of our Angular community and doing this podcast every week and getting us to Angular 2. It's all about you. Look, I rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> all right. See you guys. Yep. We'll Bye. wrap her up. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.